I had a venti uh, green tea. And seriously, I came out of Starbucks and I was like, oh, like I, I was seriously tripping out because I had so much caffeine in me. Uh, so please give me grace. All right, but let's go straight into the word. Let's turn to Matthew 14, 22 to 33. And this is a story that many of you guys will be familiar with. Okay, I'm going to start reading. Just follow me. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Let's close our eyes and I'm going to pray for us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that everything is about Jesus. God, we were made to pursue Jesus, to trust in Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you have sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. And in that place, we could live fearless. In that place, we could live with power. And so, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this room to renew our minds. May the gospel be real to us. Father, we have never, we repent of even thinking that we have graduated from the gospel. But Lord, I pray tonight there will be fresh revelation of who Jesus is in our lives, God. I thank you, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here in this scene, right before the scene, the disciples, right? Jesus, the disciples witnessed Jesus feeding the 5,000. Okay, so when he feeds the 5,000, it's 5,000 men, but that's not just, it's not 5,000 people. It's 5,000 men, including women and children. So that's, that's a lot of people, okay? But he feeds more than 5,000 with how many loaves of bread? Five. And how many fish? Two. Okay. And right after this um, miracle, Jesus immediately sends his disciples to cross the Sea of Galilee to Bethsaida. And then he dismisses the crowds. Okay. And Bethsaida, by the way, wasn't too far from where Jesus was at. So most likely the disciples were probably supposed to stay and wait for Jesus to come back. Okay. Um, and according to John 16, 15, the people were so affected with all the miracles that they were about to take Jesus by force and make him king. And it is probable that his disciples were tempted to encourage and aid the people in these intentions. 
right? So Jesus, therefore, knowing both the purposes of the multitude and the inclinations of disciples, ordered them to get into the boat and make for Bethsaida. So while he should dismiss the, so while he was dismissing the crowd, okay? So this they were unwilling to do. So Jesus basically commanded them, get into the boat and go to Bethsaida. And so here it's basically after he dismisses the people, it says in verse 23 that he goes up on the mountain by himself to pray. So here we see in John that the people's intentions wasn't necessarily bad. Okay. However, Jesus could have been tempted because this is before he was to go to the cross to be crucified. Right. And so at this position, he was tempted because the people were going to honor him, glorify him, say, this is the Messiah. However, Jesus knew that it was not time. He knew it wasn't time. And so the, he, he would have gained earthly acceptance. He would have gained, you know, people looking up to him and be like, King, this is King. Jesus is King. But the reason why they would say he's King is not for the right reason. The reason why they say they would worship him as king is because of everything he has done, miracles. So their focus would have been on miracles and not to God. Does this make sense? So their focus would have been on Jesus casted out demons. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus did all these things. But that's the reason why they would have worshipped him. They would have worshipped Jesus for the wrong reason. So what Jesus did was, what did he do? He went up to the mountaintop. And he went and prayed. Jesus here, think about Jesus. He fed more than 5,000 people. Before that, he had a crazy ministry, right? So he must have been tired too, right? But he goes up to the mountain and his form of rest is what? Praying to the Father. And it was the Father that brought him to a place of even humility. Because Jesus was tempted to... He could, have, he could have been tempted to be like, all right, these people are going to worship me in this kind of way. So my, I don't have to go to the cross then. They know God's, you know, they know that, you know, G- God sent me all these things. So why don't I just end it? But Jesus knew that what was, his, what was God's will for him was to go on the cross, to die on the, die on the cross for the sins of mankind, for you and me. So Jesus knew his calling was not fulfilled. Okay. So now we're here introduced to a very popular passage of how Jesus walks on water and how Peter walks on water. And so many of you guys know this as like Peter stepped out in faith, right? He stepped out in faith and he's like, Jesus, call me out into the water and I'm going to walk and like all these things. But I want us to focus on something else. Okay. Here, Jesus is on in the mountaintop praying. Okay, Jesus in the mountaintop praying, and Jesus also decides to reveal himself to the disciples in a brand new way. Right? Okay, so I want you guys to picture, picture this scene. Picture this scene before there, Jesus is walking on water. Close your eyes. Close it. Don't fall asleep. Now it's time. It's nighttime. Okay. Envision nighttime. Okay. And since Jesus sent the disciples into the sea, um, the disciples are in the sea. They're in the middle of the ocean. 
And it says in verse 24 that the boat was a long way from the land beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in verse 25, it says that the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came walking on the sea. Do you see Jesus walking on the sea? Do you see him? Now open your eyes. Do you see Jesus walking on the sea? What, how do you respond to that? I don't know. For me, I, if, if I, it's like I'm actually really tired. And my natural person, I'm in the boat, and it's like really, really tiring. But at the same time, I would just be like, oh, I'm tired. Jesus is walking on the water. Some people will be scared. Some people will just be like, okay. Some people, it's, it's all different, okay? However, Jesus is walking on the sea. And here, it's, it's also really late for the disciples. It says, in verse 25, it was the fourth watch of the night. And the Jews, since their con- con- this, I had to research this, but um, the Jews, since their conquest by Pompeius, they adopted the Roman division of night into four watches. So the fourth watch would mean that it was around 3 a.m. that they saw Jesus walking on water. 3 a.m., they saw Jesus walking on water. 3 a.m., if you saw something walking on water, how would you respond? You'd be disillusioned, like, uh, dis, not, I mean, not disillusioned. You'd be delusional, right? You'd be delusional. Not just that, in John 6, 6, 19, John tells us that the boat was about three to four miles away from the land, okay? So here I just bring you some context of what was happening before Jesus walked on water. This is what happened. So in verse 26, we see that the disciples saw Jesus coming, and their immediate response was what? Fear. So they thought he was a ghost. And if it was 3 a.m., I also would think it's a ghost. Okay? However, Jesus replied immediately, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. It's 3 a.m. It makes sense that someone could respond in fear. However, the disciples, what's really interesting to me is that the disciples spent all this time with Jesus. Spent so much time with Jesus saw him do all these miracles, right? Yet they were still afraid. They still didn't recognize Jesus in the storm. This is interesting, huh? They still did not recognize Jesus in the storm. I feel like many of us could relate to that. Where we still can't recognize Jesus because of the storm that we're in. But that's not my point, all right? We're going to go to Peter, all right? Think about that, and we're going to now see Peter and how he responds. In verse 28, it says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Peter, this zealous Peter, right? Peter does a lot of things, right? He steps out in faith a lot, faith a lot, because he's really zealous like that, right? And I honestly respect Peter for this. I really, really do. But before thinking of like, oh, Peter is like foolishness. He doesn't think before he acts, whatever. I want us to turn, like, see Peter in a different light. This is going to challenge you. Okay? It's going to challenge you. So this brings me to my first point. My first point is ask and wait. Follow me. Ask and wait. Ask and wait. So here we see that Peter asked the Lord to command him to come to him, okay? And so 
part of me, I also wonder, like, what were the disciples doing? Like, they're just chilling in the boat. They were just doing whatever. Right? And then it's just Peter that asked. And so this is something I also want you guys to take into consideration is what the disciples were doing. Think about that while I explain what Peter was doing. Okay? So Peter, the first thing he does is Peter asks Jesus. He asks Jesus. And the difference between the other disciples and Peter, the reason why Peter even stepped out of the boat is because Peter asked. He asked Jesus, and the disciples didn't. So I wonder, like, I'm like, if the disciples, some of them, some of them asked, I'm sure Jesus would have been like, come. But none of the disciples asked. Peter asked. Okay, and this brings me to the point of prayer. Many of you don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> Faith is not just waiting on something anxiously. But God desires to have you, for you to have relationship with him. And this, one way to activate your faith is by asking him. It's by pursuing him in that place of prayer. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In Matthew 7, 7, Jesus taught the disciples to be persistent in prayer. So as believers, we're called to pray and seek God. For so many of us, so many of you, expect God to do something through your life, but aren't willing to ask. But aren't willing to ask. Some of you actually might ask and be like, God, um, you just ask for his will to be done, right? You just have different prayer requests that you bring to the Lord. But some don't have the patience for God to answer those prayers. And in response, how do you respond? God, are you real? God, do you hear me? God, do you hear me calling out to you? And so you ask, but you don't have the patience to wait on God's timing. And then what happens? Because we are man, we start questioning God and God's goodness. Peter asked and sought the will of Jesus. So Peter said that if it is he, if it is Jesus, command him to come to Jesus, him, okay? <laughs> so what we see is here, what we see here is that Peter doesn't command Jesus to let him walk on water. I'm going to say it again. Peter doesn't command Jesus to let him walk on water. Peter's faith was in Jesus and not on what he can do for Peter. Peter's eyes were not set on walking on water, but his eyes were set upon Jesus and he really wanted to believe that Jesus was the son of God. So what did he say? Let's repeat. He said, if it is you, command me to come out into the waters. Peter wanted to know who Jesus was. Peter didn't just look at the miracle and be like, whoa, 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 that's so cool. I want to step out in water too, and I'm going to step out in faith. But Peter's like, if it is you, God, command me to come out and walk on water. Peter was focused on Jesus, not on the miracles. But for so many of us, let's be real. Our faith is activated by what God can do for us rather rather than Jesus. 
rather than Jesus, who Jesus is, our faith is activated by what he can do for you, right? And I'm, I'm going to be really vulnerable with you guys, <laughs> with water too. Um, before, so for me, when I was really young, I don't have a testimony that's like, mm, I didn't backslide. I didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't, I was not promiscuous. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do a lot of stuff, actually. And so some of you guys be like, all right, she's not relatable. It's done. I don't want to even want to listen. Okay? I didn't do a lot of stuff. And the crazy thing is the way that the enemy lied to me was by saying, you, you, you lack everything. You're boring. Who's going to meet Christ through you? Right? I thought my testimony was use, like pretty much useless. I was like, all right, I'm going to just be those Christians, and I'm just going to live the Christian life. And the way that I proved Jesus was my experiences. Okay, so ever since I was little, I was always exposed to the Holy Spirit. Always. So it's not like a pride thing or anything like that, but Jesus like always revealed himself to me through power because my parents were, my mom was like a prayer warrior. So every night, ever since I was five, right, what would happen is uh, my mom's like praying hardcore at nighttime during our Friday fire meetings, Friday meetings. Um, and here me and my brother, because it's, we're like, I'm five, my brother's three. Um, the only way that we can play is by being like, uh, like seeing Jesus move. Right. So the we, way me and my brother played was like, I would lay, go like this. And my brother would be like, in Jesus name, I'll be like, ah, and I'll fall to the ground. And then I'll do that to my brother and in Jesus name. Right. So we were really exposed to spirit. And so my whole life, I was actually very exposed to spirit, but it was crazy because it, it didn't point me to Jesus. It pointed me to what he can do. Right. So my whole life, the re the, my main reason why I believed in God was I can't help, but not believe in God because he proved himself to me so many times in my life. I've, I've seen people get healed left and right. And I'm, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to hide anything because I am not ashamed of what God does. And the experiences that I had is real. All right. So I've seen God move. I've seen my friends like fall left and right. I've fallen by the power of God. And yes, I met Jesus, but at the same time, it was, I, I was like, my reason for believing God was I can't. I can't not believe in God because he was so real to me because of the miracles he's done in my life. That's the reason why, though I had all those experiences, guys, I went to Mexico. I heard, you know, I seen, you know, it's, it's crazy because I saw one of my friends literally get demon possessed. Like he, he was going crazy. Okay. And I saw my friend sitting there and this is not to release fear, but what I saw was I saw my friend and my friend was like, like empty gagging. And here I am, I'm like in seven, like sixth grade. I was, no, no, no. Yeah, I was in sixth grade. And I'm like praying, I'm like, not me, Lord, not me, Lord. I'm just like, oh, so it's Jesus, Jesus, like not me, not me. Don't let the devil, whatever, get me. So it was in fear. And I see my friend um, getting possessed, but the neck, like getting set free by Jesus' name. And so for me, it was also the experience. And what happened was, I was like, wow, Jesus, wow because <laughs> my friend was named chunky i called him chunky and so chunky like the next day <laughs> he was a different person and i was like whoa 
Jesus is alive, yet my eyes were still not fixed on Jesus. So I saw all these things happen, but my eyes were still fixed on my problems. So let me get this straight. I experienced all these things, but until my, like, 21, I still had no identity. I still didn't know who I was in Christ. I still was very insecure, had low self-esteem. I couldn't talk in front of people. Right? I, if someone gave me the eyes, or I would just, like, shrivel up. And I'd be like, oh, don't look at me. <laughs> right? I didn't know how to interact with people. I was slightly awkward. Because I was really shy. Okay? And so what happened was, though I had all these experiences, I didn't understand the essence of my relationship with Jesus. And Jesus was saying, look to me, don't look to the miracles. So the miracles didn't justify my faith in God, but it was Jesus that had to justify my faith in God. So here we see that Jesus was walking on water. Jesus was walking on water. And then the disciples, Jesus, Peter says, okay, he, he asks and he waits. And then he steps out, right? He asks and he waits. He asks and he waits. He waits. He waits, right? And so what, what this means is, Many of you can't wait because our culture is continuously saying, ask, but expect an answer, expect an answer, expect an answer, expect an answer, because this is, this is the way our culture works. Everything's really, really quick. So we don't take the time to wait on Jesus and hear Jesus say, come. God never said that he will answer quickly. I don't know where you heard that from. He never said, oh, if you ask me, I'll answer immediately. If you ask me, I'll answer immediately. Never. He said, if you ask, you will receive. That is a promise. That is the truth. But we need to wait. So here, faith is also about waiting. As believers, you are called to wait. So, so many of Christians were told to step out of your comfort zone in faith. Right? But they fail to wait on the Lord. For me, first is, I experienced all these things in the Holy Spirit, yet... I didn't know who I was in Jesus because I didn't set my eyes on Jesus, right? Another thing is, I also had so many promises that God's given me. And right now, I could see, like, parts of it being, like, bearing fruit. However, parts of my, parts of the things that God's promised me has yet to, yet to um, bear fruit in the natural, okay? And so, what happens here is that we have all these promises we have all these promises that God's promised you, yet we can't wait for it. So for me, I couldn't wait. I have a very, like, goal-driven personality. So when I first came to Korea, I thought it was, I, I'm called to the entertainment industry. I'm called to journalism. So I drilled open doors. I drilled open doors. And then I stepped out in faith. I stepped out in faith, right? So I was like, God, if it's your will, I will step out in faith. I'll step out in faith. And so I stepped out in faith in all these areas. And it's, it was... Um, it was torturous for me, these jobs. These jobs were torturous. And yes, I could come now and testify that God turns everything for my good, right? But if I, have, if I had waited, 
God, Jesus would have done what he needed to do through it. He would have opened doors and he would have been the one guiding me. However, for me, I was like, no, I'm going to guide myself. So I opened doors and then I stepped out in faith and said, God, you do your thing. So if Peter had stepped out in faith without waiting, he wouldn't have been stepping out in faith, but he would have been putting God to a test. Faith waits on the Lord. But a lot of times we think, oh, I'm going to step out in faith. Think about it. If Peter stepped out all zealously and God, Jesus didn't say, come, what would have happened? Do you think like Peter had the power to walk on water? Yes or no? No, Peter had no power to walk on water at all. It was Jesus who would guide him and Jesus who said, come where Peter would be able to walk on water. Right? So if Peter zealously just walked on water and said, I'm stepping on in faith, he's actually testing Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm going to step out in faith because you, you know, you're walking on water and then I'm called to walk on water. So I'm going to step out in faith and let's see what you do. Right? So many of us do that. Even like my job situations and whatnot. So many of you say, I'm stepping out in faith. I'm stepping out in faith. So I'm doing like these different extracurricular activities because I'm stepping out in faith. Even the crazy thing of praying for someone. We need to get our motives straight. Are you praying for someone to see them look to Jesus? Or are you praying for someone just to see healing power being released through you? And it's called you stepping out in faith. Are you applying for jobs out of your selfishness and then saying, I'm stepping out in faith and let's see if God opens these amazing doors for me to get an amazing job? Or are you stepping out in faith knowing that it's Jesus guiding you? So my first point is Peter asked and he waited. And as believers, we're called to ask and wait. Ask and wait. Follow me. Ask and wait. Ask and wait. My point number two, set your eyes on Jesus. I said this a billion times, but let me drill it in. Set your eyes on Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Copy. Follow me. Set your eyes on Jesus. So here I read in an article that, um, Jesus commanded his disciples to walk in the boat, right? Yes. And so um, the boat represents our natural life, okay? So the visible means of support around us that we are so familiar with. The disciples were in the boat because Jesus had told them to get in. There was nothing wrong with them being in the boat. In our Christian life, we often go along just fine in the boat. God has given us. The boat God has given us. It was God's perfect will for us. He gave it to us, and there is no sin in it. The boat is not leaking, and there is no reason to the natural eyes to get out. But if we are growing in Christ, there comes a time when we will have to leave some comfortable place and step out in obedience to his command. So as believers, we're called to step out of our boats and trust in the Lord. But have you stepped out of your boat? Have you stepped out of your boat looking to Jesus? Or have you just stepped out of the boat, stepping on in just your own kind of faith and saying, Jesus called me to step out of the boat? Are you setting your eyes on Jesus and then stepping out on the boat? In verse 29, Jesus tells Peter to come out of his boat. And what did Peter do? He came out of his boat, walked on water, and came to Jesus. At this point, Peter only set his eyes on Jesus. Therefore, Peter, did he sink? No. 
Peter was actually walking on the water. Peter was actually walking on the water. He didn't let fear or natural circumstances hinder him. He just obeyed Jesus' command to walk on water. It was upon Christ's word that Peter put his trust in him. Christ's word. So when Peter set his eyes on Christ, his faith was strong. So his faith wasn't based upon his circumstances. His faith wasn't based upon what Jesus can do for him. His faith was based upon who Jesus was. And his faith was upon the word of Jesus Christ. That's when his faith was the strongest. So Peter didn't focus on his inability to walk on water, but because Jesus was doing it, he was just doing what Jesus was doing. He followed Jesus' example. Jesus said, walk. Peter said, all right, I'll look to you. I'm going to walk. But before I go into the next portion, I'm, I'm going to do a quick activity. So this is the very simple directions. Very, very simple directions. I want you guys to just look at me. Just look at me. Just stare at me the entire time. Stare at me. Just lock your eyes on me. If you want to or not, I don't care. Just lock your eyes on me, okay? Just trust me. You'll be fine. Just look at me. Okay, let's start. Just look at me. Just look at me. Do you just see me? Are you just looking at me? All right, Steph, you can stop. One thing is this, staff, they're willing to act like fools, okay, for the sake of spreading the gospel, all right? But let's be real. Was it easy just to focus on me? I told you guys just to look at me, right? That was my command. Just look at me and trust me. But was it easy? Was it easy? Heck to the no, right? So think about Joseph. Not Joseph. I love Joseph. But think about Peter. How difficult would would it have been for him to focus on Jesus? Right? So now he's out of the boat. He's out of his comfort zone. He's out of his natural circumstances. And Jesus says, just look at me. But now the waves are tossing. And it's nighttime. It's like 3 a.m. And the waves are tossing. It's hitting him. Right? How difficult would it have been? Would it have been for him to focus? So when his eyes were fixed on Jesus, there was no fear. But when his eyes were fixed on his circumstances, what happened? Fear broke loose. And what happened? Because fear broke loose, he started to sink. Right? He started to sink. However, in verse 31, Jesus immediately reaches out his hand and takes hold of Peter. green tea our faith cannot be cultivated your faith cannot be cultivated on your own your faith can only be strong when it's set on jesus your faith is teeny weeny when it's not focused on jesus however the thing is you may think okay peter just lost faith and he sank but what happened jesus immediately grabbed his arms right And then I'm thinking like, you know, 
Jesus said, like, oh, you have little faith. And I, I don't know, many times you might think, like, how, picture, like, how Jesus would have said it. And for me, like, when I first read, I'm like, all I hear is, like, like Jesus saying, oh, you have little faith. And then make him feel like junk. <laughs> you know, make Peter feel really like, oh, I have no faith at all. But what he said is, oh, you have little faith. Just like, come on, I'll help you up. Your faith is not in yourself. It's not in what you can do, but your faith is in me. Just look to me. Right? So some of you guys are like Peter. You're zealous. You see what Jesus is doing. You see like this Christian life and you're like, all right, I'm going to step out in faith, right? And step out in faith, look to Jesus, and then let him guide the way. Or more like you step out in faith, look to Jesus, and all of a sudden you're surrounded by all your circumstances and then you start sinking. So there's a little bit of everything. So some of you guys actually might be looking to Jesus, Some of you guys may be looking to Jesus, but also being so distracted by your circumstances. And then your faith becomes small. Some of you guys might actually be like the disciples. Let's be real. Some of you guys actually might be like the disciples. Some of you guys know Jesus. You've known Jesus all your life, right? But you're not zealous enough to step out of that boat when you see Jesus coming. You're not zealous enough to be like, all right, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone And see Jesus come. Since I see Jesus coming, I'll let him guide the way. But some of you just stick in the boat and just let every, you know, the disciples knew everything Jesus did. Jesus did so much with them, right? But they weren't excited enough to step out of that boat. Let's think about this. They weren't excited enough to step out of that boat. Are you excited to step out of that boat? Are you excited like Peter to step out of that step out of the boat? Because Peter, more than the disciples, he had the greatest faith, if you think about it. Because he saw Jesus and said, All right, Jesus, you're there, you're doing that, I want to do it too, because I want to know if you're you're Jesus that that we're all looking for. If you're the Son of God. And so Peter stepped out of that boat, but the disciples stayed in their boat. And did not experience the miracle power of Jesus Christ. Some of you are just sitting in that boat. Let's be real. Nothing is impossible for Jesus. Think about it. Jesus walked on water. Do you guys actually believe that Jesus walked on water? You know, there's some people that said Jesus was actually walking on the shore. But then because he was so far away, the disciples were like, whoa, he's walking on water. That makes no sense because they were three miles away from land and Jesus was actually walking to them. That means Jesus was walking on water, guys. And Jesus made water. Think about water. Is water something that you could just walk on top of? But Jesus had full control. He had full control over the waters. So in verse 31, when Jesus, basically, in verse 31, Jesus and Peter steps into the boat. And what happens is, what happens? Immediately there's peace. The, the storm is calm. He calms the storm just by walking into the boat. How does this relate to you and me? 
So now Jesus is calling us to step out of the boat when we see him. And many of you guys already heard who this Jesus is. Some of you guys may not necessarily know him personally, but you've heard of him because you've come out here to Emmaus. So you know this Jesus because there's so many people that are like zealous for Jesus. But some of you guys just look out and, and see Jesus and some are just not excited to step out of that boat. Some are excited to step out of the boat, but immediately circumstances just shake them. And some genuinely step out of the boat in faith. And in this passage, Jesus now comes into the boat. He's first calling you to step out in faith when you see him and look to him. And when you look to him, he will come into your boat. And he will give you the peace. He will perform the miracles. He will do everything that you need. He is the one that steers that boat, huh? He is the one that will calm your storms when you set your eyes on him and invite him into your boat. In verse 32, the disciples finally got a revelation of who this Jesus was. Jesus walked on water for the wa- for the disciples to finally recognize that he is the son of God. Before this, they didn't know that he was the son of God. They knew, they asked, like, even when Jesus calmed the storms before, you know, the story of when there was mighty, mighty storm, Jesus was sleeping, Jesus came out and calmed the storm. They're like, who is this man? And they didn't know that he was the son of God just yet. But here, they finally recognize him as the son of God. Right? So I gave the example of how the disciples just chilled. Okay, the disciples just chilled and relaxed in that boat. For many of you guys, you're still chilling and relaxing in the boat. However, there's hope. There is hope. Because when Peter walked out on water, the disciples' lives were changed. When Peter walked out on water, the disciples' lives were changed. And think about it. They all, they had a relationship with Peter. They knew who this Peter was, right? They knew this Peter. Peter was just this plain, very clumsy, outspoken fisherman. He wasn't that great, by the way. He wasn't, okay? And this is something that we could relate to. We're not that great, all right? But when he trusted in Jesus, he did something miraculous, When Peter trusted in Jesus, he did something miraculous. He walked on top of water. Jesus transformed Peter. And in return, the disciples worshipped Jesus. This miracle pointed to who? Jesus. Like Peter, when we trust in Jesus, he is the one that does miracles through us. In John 14, 12, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. When you trust in Jesus, you move in power. Peter did not have any power. It was a one-time thing. Peter, after that, did he have the power to walk on water, every single body of water that he saw? No. Peter didn't. It was just that one time where Jesus, he saw Jesus, and Jesus said, he, wait, he asked Jesus, can I come out? He waited, and then he came out upon Jesus' command to come. He walked on water, and Jesus was the one that was guiding him. 
right? That's the same case for us. If you trust in Jesus, he is the one that moves in power through you. Amen? Peter chose, out, chose to step out of his comfort zone. But he didn't choose to step out of his comfort zone foolishly. He chose, out to, he chose to step out, but f- he chose to step out looking to Jesus. As believers, you're called to point people to Jesus. To Jesus. But is Jesus being glorified through your life? I want you to just really think deeply. Is Jesus being glorified through my life? Is Jesus being glorified through my life? And so the thing is, like, for me, too, I was trying to let people know Jesus by, like, sharing everything that he did. By just sharing everything that he did, like, that I saw in the natural. But then when it came to me personally, Jesus had to become real to me. I needed a relationship with Jesus to know, to prove that he is real. I have I don't have the ability to walk in power. I don't have the ability to heal the sick. I don't have the ability to set the captives free. I don't have that ability, but Jesus does. And he wants to use you and me to release that power. He wants you and me to release that power. I'm just going to stay silent. I want you guys to really grasp what that even means. To be used by Christ. I want you to understand what it means to just set your eyes upon Jesus. Evaluate yourself. Be like, do I really set my eyes on Jesus? Do I set my eyes on things that he could do for me? Do I set my eyes upon things that are revealed to me through people? Do I set my eyes upon, like, do I even have faith? Close your eyes. For some of you, silence makes you mad, uncomfortable. I want you to envision yourself in that boat again. And some of you guys are going through a lot of stuff. Some of you aren't. Some of you are dealing with depression. Some of you guys, there's things that have come up to the surface. Some of you are dealing with unforgiveness. Some of you guys, there's things that's happening within your boat. And I want you to envision Jesus walking on water. And I want you to set your eyes on Jesus. The only reason why I even stand up here is because I know Jesus is alive in my life. That truly when I set my eyes upon Jesus, he's the one that transforms us. He's the one that transforms me. If I wasn't confident in the gospel, I would not stand up here. Now I want you guys just to look to Jesus and set your eyes upon him and see him on that cross. We're not going to have any music because I want you guys to focus Set your eyes on the cross and lay down everything before him. All your anxiety, all your fears, all unbelief, lay it at his feet. All your sicknesses, lay it at his feet. All your dreams, lay it at his feet. You guys, Jesus died But he didn't just die. He resurrected from the dead. 
And because of that, you have life in him. That is why when you set your eyes upon him, he works miracles through you. He works miracles through you. I want you guys to open your eyes now. That was mad awkward for some, huh? It's not easy just to sit silent, right? And envision Jesus. Is it? But I stand up here knowing that Jesus is the only one that can transform your lives. It's only Jesus. Let's pray.